Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Shwini Poon. This is episode 238. I am joined, not by my co-host Prez, who is at a work conference this week, but I am joined by Jeffrey Rasmussen. You know him as at FrankBarrett119 on Twitter. I'm sure he will have a game thread on the Knicks' season opening loss to Memphis, 112-115. to They lost in overtime. A lot of thoughts about this game. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm all right, you know. Um, You're I'm doing? actually not that. Ne- I'm not that negative about this game. Like a bunch of bullshit went the went the Grizzlies' way. So I mean, we'll yeah. get into it. But I I actually feel pretty good about the Knicks after the game, even as emotional and like as devastating a loss of this. Uh, but before we get started, I do have to announce this Triple Nice Patreon. You can su- subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this pod that I do every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Mailbag that comes out every other week, hosted by Drew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. The Doug Cast. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation about the Knicks never stops. There are further tiers. This is a $9 here that gets you access to premium articles written by Matthew Miranda and Jack Cunley, two of the best in the business. You also get access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. I want to start with just one thing. I'm going to just say something that, uh, because I, like Tom Thibodeau, am going to give everybody a clean slate. I thought Tibbs coached a pretty okay game. Um, didn't have many issues with his rotation. Um, I thought he would have played quickly and Obi and those guys more. If they, they just looked out of sorts, I'll be honest. I thought Rose looked completely... Rose took the shot. They were down 83-85. He has the ball on the break. And he comes up and he just takes a pull-up three when he, he probably could have gotten a layup. And it was just like... Then Bain comes down, knocks down a three. That just felt like such an annoying gut shot moment right there uh, because the bench like had finally seemed to kind of gain some rhythm. And they were actually playing good defense, which was nice to see because um, in the second half, the Knicks actually did play defense. But yeah, I mean, I, I just thought in general, like I know there are people that are upset that he went with Fournier in overtime um, when Randall fouled out. I, I get why people are upset about that. I would have preferred if he went to OB because I just would like Obi to get those reps. But in the context of like, if we're just judging winning this basketball game, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I thought Fournier was actually like weirdly good on defense, especially in the second half. Um, he always, he always kind of knows where to be, you know, like that's not his problem. His problem is just, there's people in matchups. He just doesn't have a chance physically. Yeah, it was, it was just weird. I was just like really surprised that because in the first half, I thought he was terrible on defense, just like, not where he was supposed to be getting blown by constantly. 
whatever. But in the second half, not just him, the entire team, I would say, but he was like a lot more locked in defensively. And I thought offensively, he actually had a pretty solid game both halves. So um, I didn't have a huge problem with it in the context of winning this basketball game. And I also like early in the season, I am more okay with coaches like, like maybe you're trying to send a message to Obi and quickly these guys like, hey, you got to fucking get your shit together. Um, and I'm okay with him sending that message in the first game of the season. He did the same thing against Boston in the first game of the season last year, where he basically like didn't he didn't play quickly in the second half because he had a terrible first half. Um, and guess what? Quickly didn't like, you know, fucking go into a hole and suck the rest of the year. Like he eventually figured it out. But those guys need to figure it out. So I'm fine with him sending that message. Um, and I thought, you know, like if we're gonna if we're gonna be upset, like if you're gonna be upset about the OB thing, I think you have to give him credit then. We saw last year there were instances where Cam had it going and he would pull him from the game, even though he had it going. I think he deserves credit for keeping Cam in the game. Uh, he closed with him over Fournier, which I thought was a pretty, I don't want to say gutsy call, but it was like a noteworthy call. I think that was, you know. It was gutsy because yeah. we, didn't have the inform- we didn't have the information. Like, we didn't, like, I'm not saying Cam played, of course he played good. That's why Tibbs kept him in. But his best stretch was after Tibbs kept him in. And we didn't have that information. It would have been totally, in my opinion, reasonable to go back to Fournier. Like, like Cam was good, but okay, yeah, he was good. He came off the bench. He was good. That's his job. Now it's Fournier's time to finish. Like, that's how Tibbs views his rotations. And for Tibbs to, like, stick with Cam was a really good call. And, yeah, you're right. He deserves credit for that. Yeah, I thought. I think I just thought that was, like, a really, you know, for, for Tibbs especially, that's look. He's talked a lot about like you're gonna guys have to earn their minutes. Um, you know, we have talked. All of us have talked a lot about he has to evolve to like be more flexible. There's still a lot of like lineup rigidity in terms of you know we're not gonna play Obi and Randall and stuff like that together. But in the sense of going with the hot hand, especially a guy that Tibbs doesn't trust, right? Like he doesn't trust Cam. I thought that was a really commendable call, um, and I thought he—I think he deserves credit for that. I thought he also—I think he also deserves credit for rolling with Hartenstein in the second half once he got it going. Because I have had a lot of reservations about Hartenstein from what I saw in preseason. I had a lot of reservations on what I saw in the first half, and he came back in in the second half, and I thought he was really good, really, really good. Um, his defensive positioning definitely picked up. He's got to not reach in on stupid floaters that Ja takes. I'm not even sure that some of those were fouls. I'm pretty sure some of those were not fouls. Um, Did but he like, even touch him on either? There, there I, weren't good like concrete replays that showed him yeah, we'll talk, contact on either one of those. I thought they're yeah. We'll, we'll definitely talk about the officiating because it was. I, I know the free throw discrepancy doesn't look that bad. I thought it was a, a horrendously officiated game. Um, but like, I, I'd like to say well, I'd like to say one thing about the Tibbs rotations just while we're on it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we can do a full season of like I we me and you have discussed a lot the hockey shifts and so I don't expect him to fully go away from them but this team's three best initiators right now depending on what you think of quickly I mean me and you both love quickly he was bad tonight that's fine but the team's three best initiators right now are Randall, Brunson, and RJ. 
you can't go five plus minutes each half with all three of them on the bench. No other team does that. And, and I'm not saying you have to do what other teams are doing, but you have to stagger a little bit. So one of them is on the court at all times. You can't, yeah. it's not fair. It's not fair to their on minutes and it's not fair to their off minutes because if you're saying to the three of them, you guys are going to play close to a hundred percent of your minutes together. It, it's not you can't you can't expect Randall to always like like me and you have been so hard on Randall this offseason, but throw him a freaking bone, give him a few minutes by himself, you know, like let him let let him play more with the starters, pull Brunson or RJ earlier, do something so that they're spread out a little bit more. I get they're effective together and you want them to be effective together, but you can't you can't have them play all their minutes together and then go five plus minute stretches each half with all three of them on the bench. That's preposterous. Yeah, I mean, I think um look, I I'll say this. I'm giving Tibbs the new slate. He's got he's got a clean slate, he started the year, whatever. Like we have the information from his past two years. In that sense it's not a clean slate, but like the Cam thing, like he's made some decisions here, even in preseason, that I think are actually interesting deviations from normal Tibbs practices. Um, and for that, I will give him a little bit of a pass on this because it is possible that he is prioritizing playing those three together as much as possible early in the season because he knows that they need to establish a chemistry. I tend to agree with you that in likelihood Tibbs will annoy us by making this a permanent thing. But for the time being, I am not going to criticize him for that right this minute because um, I do think they need to work on their chemistry. Like you could, the first half today, let's just talk about the first half because I thought the, the, everybody was bad. This like, I, I tweeted this basically at halftime, but I was like, I didn't think they had an idea of what they were trying to do offensively. Hey, look, you're a Broncos fan. It looked like watching a Nate Hackett offense. That's what it looked like. It looked like watching the Broncos offense. You're like, what the fuck are we doing? And that applied. There there are no, there's literally not a single player you could look at in the first half and be like, well, he was good. Like, I know I said earlier, Fournier was good. Fournier was good in the context of like, he made shots and wasn't, massively awful in his decision making but he wasn't actually good and i thought like randall had a good stretch but he also had a bad stretch and i think there were a couple of moments in the first half where he reverted to some of the stuff that we've been concerned about with him and rj was just terrible on offense throughout decision making process once he started cold he kept he the thing that frustrates me the most with his performance, you know, I'm, I'll save that for later, but like the first half was just awful. They they didn't know how to attack. They didn't know what they were trying to do on offense. And then defensively, they were just not competing. They did not bring the same energy that Memphis was playing with. They did not get back on defense. They were way too lackadaisical in their rotations, especially the closing minutes of that half when the starters came back in. That was probably the worst defensive stretch of the entire game. They had, They were so lax and they were so slow and unaware there was one where Ja kind of like got a long rebound or maybe somebody passed it out to him an outlet uh fournier and brunson were back and instead of just trying to like contain him fournier for some reason decided to try to steal the ball from john ja moran in the open court and i was just like and he predictably got you know obviously roasted and i was just like it was but it was I, i'm not even trying to single that play out or him out but it was indicative of like they just made so many poor decisions defensively throughout that first half. Um, 
you know, Van Gundy talked about it too. Like they kept leaving the strong side corner to double on Ja, which like I don't think was. I think it was happening because they were getting broken down initially so fast. So that guy had to help. Otherwise, Ja was going to get a layup. Um, it, it wasn't like the plan. It just became the rotation because whoever was guarding Ja at the point of attack was getting broken down or the pick and roll defense would get broken down. And look, like even in the second half, they, they were way more attuned. They were way more focused. Uh, they really you know, gave Ja a lot more difficulty. But like, Ja is going to put pressure on you in pick and roll. Like you're going to fuck up sometimes. Like they they were more attentive to it in the second half, but they still fucked up more than a few times. But they made him. They put pressure on him. He fucked up. They they made shots difficult. They made Memphis move the ball multiple times on possessions. They made them move it side to side. It, they contested shots. They were right on them. They played with physicality. The first half. I, I don't know. Just take that first half and just throw it away. That was atrocious across the board. Brunson was awful. RJ was terrible. IQ was terrible. Rose was, I don't know. I kind of think like something's going on with the bench where they just need to play together because Rose had a weird preseason and I feel like it's fucking them all up. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't, I, I actually can't analyze it because they were just like over dribbling all of them, not getting into sets. And they just seemed like they had no idea where they were supposed to be. But now, the first half, everybody's terrible. Um, Cam made a couple threes, but he was terrible too. Like he had a, he had you know more than a few defensive lapses. He left Bain open on a one pass away rotation that was terrible. Like they all had his, his literal his first few seconds in the game. He got beat on a back cut on an inbounds play. That was his first yep. like, and he made a block. He, he was, and then and then he and then he recovered for a block. And I was just like, this is this is it. This is the Cam experience. Like, yeah, he's good. But, he's bad. He's <laughs> but but it was. Like I, that's kind of why I was, I was really encouraged actually by the second half, because there were still like key players like RJ. We talked about it. Dead. He was terrible throughout the game. IQ was he looked like a basket case today. Obi, just I don't know. Again, like that bench unit, they're just not together right now. It's really weird what's going on with them. Uh, Rose was he had a really nice layup or two, but like I thought he was once he made the. He made a layup to cut it to two, and then from there on, he was just like, "All right, it's the Derrick Rose show," and it was not the Derrick Rose show. It was actually like it was, it was yeah, not. it was. I don't know what it was, but it was not the Derrick Rose show. Um, and Mitch, Mitch I was terrible. I, I mean, and I, and, and, and Mitch, I'm, I'm, yeah, sorry, I just want to finish, but yeah, and, and I thought Mitch was terrible too. Like not even terrible, he just couldn't get another rhythm right because kept getting into foul trouble. Um, and so like to endure all of that. And I know Memphis is shorthanded, but like to endure all of that, and again, we will talk about the officiating, get hosed on, I thought, all the critical calls, just except for that charge at the end of regulation, which was a charge. Um, mm-hmm. I think all the critical calls went against the Knicks. All the loose balls, like not even for lack of effort, just seemed to go to Memphis. Uh, and they battled back, and they tied the game. They sent it to overtime. They had a chance in overtime to tie it up again. Like they they played hard, they competed, um, they bounced back, and you know moral victories don't count. But like it's the first game of the regular season. Go look at the go look at some of the scores around the league right now. It's weird. It's like it's like week one NFL. I remember last year 
the Bills played the Steelers week one NFL. They fucking lost. And I was like, oh my God, did the Bills actually suck? Like, what's this is the worst day. Like, maybe they're frauds. Maybe they can't play in front of crowds. And it's like, you know, the season goes on. You're like, okay, maybe that was stupid of me. Um, and I just think, like, there was enough here with this performance where I'm like, am I concerned with some things? Like, yeah, but I like I feel pretty good that RJ's going to shoot better. I feel pretty good IQ's not going to go a whole season playing like a jackass. I feel pretty good like Rose is going to like, you know, that I think that bench group is going to get it together. Mitch won't be in foul trouble constantly. Um, and then there were pieces that were flat out encouraging. Like Brunson had a rough first half with foul trouble and stuff. I thought he was great in the second half in overtime. Um, I, if anything, I would say that he probably needs to be more authoritative and put more of a stamp on the game, but that's a, that, that'll come in time. Um, and I thought Randall, uh, look, I, I'm going to say, it, I thought Randall played a good game. Uh, I thought he competed. Definitely. I thought he, did he have some bouts of like stupid Randall decision stuff? Sure. But he definitely outweighed that with the positive things he was doing. Um, and I think I, I'll say this to his credit. I thought the physicality he brought in the second half really really brought the Knicks back into the game because I think they were getting punked and he brought a certain level of physicality on the offensive glass in the paint that it made Memphis feel them. And um, I thought it gave the Knicks a little bit of an edge and they needed that edge because Memphis had it for the entire first half. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good point. Um, I wish he would do that on the defensive glass. His defensive rebounding is like the most infuriating <laughs> thing to me, especially because he has the reputation as a good as a good rebounder. He doesn't box he's, out. He's not. He he doesn't box out ever. He he like he doesn't get. He I don't think he got a single high leverage rebound once tonight. Every single one is cleaning up on other people's box outs, and the second it requires him to put a body on somebody, that person snakes around him and gets the rebound. It happens like every time. Did, did you? Um, I thought he I got, agree with you. I mean, that was. Just, yeah. I, I thought he got fucked on that one call. Um, the Santi Aldama offensive rebound thing that came out. I think it was. Uh, oh yeah, at the end for of the sure. game. That was, that was that was. Yeah, that, that was like not. Stephen Adams was bumping people like that all game. How do how yeah. how do you think Stephen Adams is getting all these offensive rebounds? That that's just. I mean, that was that was really bad. Yeah, I, I just um yeah, I, sorry, I'd like ahead. to I'd like to say um about the first half um I I mean I'm going to rewatch the game when we're done so I'll be looking closer to it. I thought I actually thought quickly played fine in the first half. I thought I mean you say he played like a jackass so it seems like we have a pretty wide discrepancy. I thought his defense was really defense really was good. good like the way he his defense was really good. Um he set a flare screen for Evan that was like created the like his first few possessions he was bringing everything together. And yeah, then he started like shooting. I'm not going to say he was like perfect. He had a couple shots that were really bad. And eventually his shooting has to stop being theoretical and it has to be actual. Like his true shooting percentage is nice, but he has to make more shots eventually. Like it can't just be, he has a good shot diet. Shots have to start going in. Um, But we'll talk about that later. Like, Like not later this podcast, but you know, in a few weeks or months. Yeah, no, I, and, and, I, I, and, and I, and I, and yeah. I, um, and I, I, I agree with you. Like I was kind of just being brief, but 
yeah, I, I thought his defense was really good in that first half, and it was noticeable that again, th- and this is definitely not to act like Brun- like IQ is amazing and Brunson was bad, but it was noticeable to me anyway. I think Brunson went out; they were down like six when he went out, and it they were just not on the same page defensively. It was too easy for Memphis to get into the paint. I thought quickly came in and tightened up. Uh, the Knicks actually got good shots, not because IQ is necessarily creating them, but he had he had one where he didn't get an assist for it, but RJ had a post up on Ja. He got it down to him. They had to send the help, and then that's RJ was able to give Mitch an uncontested dunk literally underneath the hoop. So like stuff like yep. that is good to see. Where I'm like again, I don't want to say I'm disappointed. It's been one game, but like what I want to see from him is I want to see more playmaking. Like because I thought some of the shots he put up on the drives, like, they're fine. They're, like, I don't mind him taking them. But I also just think he can he can create for others more. I was I was a little bit disappointed in his lack of um, playmaking today. And more so than him, I thought RJ, like, I mean, I get it, man. Like, you want to put up some points. Like, you, you signed the contract. You want to make sure everybody knows and, like, you're worth the money. You want to know you can prove you're worth the money when you're not shooting well? When you collapse the fucking paint, kick it out to somebody. Do that. That'll, that would be great. Um, he played like a selfish jackass at times today, I thought, RJ. What quickly just made some bad decisions. I didn't think he was necessarily forcing it to the same degree. RJ was forcing it, uh, especially in the fourth quarter in overtime. He is very lucky that that ridiculous three he put up got offensive rebound and the Knicks got an and one out of it um, at the end of fourth quarter. That was a terrible shot. Should never have taken that. Uh, and then he forced another bullshit shot in transition in in overtime. And it's like, I get it. He's frustrated. He thinks he's getting fouled. If you want to, then, then go to the rim stronger. Like, don't do this fucking bullshit layup where you're like fading away a little bit and you're trying to get the angle. Like, no, go accept the contact. Take the contact. And what was funny about that is he missed that layup. Nick's going to stop. All right, maybe they get a steal. I don't remember exactly how it happened. Cam gets out on the break, and Cam showed him exactly what you should do. He just went, like, and which is amazing to say, by the way, because Cam almost never does this. Cam just took it strong to the rim and fucking two-foot yammed it, you know? Um, so... It's re- it's really funny. It's really funny that you say that because I got multiple texts from my dad and one of my close friends, and both of them at the same time said, "That's how you do it, RJ." After that exact sequence that you were talking about, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. wild to me that you that you said exactly that. Yeah, and it was just like it was just one of those games where I'm like, again, like it's so stupid to talk about it like this because it's one game, uh, and he was really good in preseason, and I know preseason doesn't matter, but. I'm not talking about him making or missing shots. I'm just talking about his process. His process was better in preseason. Yep. So it was just frustrating. So I'm like, again, like my thing with RJ has been he can be more efficient simply by converting some of these drives into shots for other guys. And, um, and he fouls. didn't do that today. He, 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 you're collapsing the defense. Like, like look at Brunson today. Okay. And Brunson didn't play amazing. He didn't. He wasn't making advanced reads. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't exactly out there diming guys up with amazing passes, looking behind his head or anything like that. He was just making simple reads, really simple reads, getting into the paint, collapsing defense, kick out the shooter, getting into the paint, collapsing defense, 
finding a big man underneath the rim. Like, RJ, okay, this is RJ today. 11 points on 3 of 18 shooting, whatever. 8 rebounds, 3 assists in 38 minutes. No, like, that that has to be more. That has got, you take 18 shots, you have got to give me more than 3 assists. I'm sorry, you just have to. Um, and this isn't a case of, like, well, he's passing you guys and they're missing shots. No. He, he was playing with blinders on because he was frustrated. That cannot happen. He's got to be better than that, and he will be better than that. But tonight, he was he, he had a rough game offensively. No no two ways about it. Um, and not yeah, to I, not to pile on, but I mean, I think his defense was just as worrying. He was bad defensively, bad. Um, yeah, I'm a little. I'm a, with ja, he, yeah, that's why I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. I think like there's some legginess that goes into that. I mean, he's a six six wing. You're asking no. him to like fight over these moving screens that Steven Adams is getting away with constantly. Um, I'm more forgiving of that. Like whatever. I think like to your point about quickly, like that's maybe why I would have given a little more run, but it was just, look, it's a tough thing. Like you needed to get points quickly did not have it going offensively at all. Brunson did have it going. You needed to get that. Like you had to just find points somewhere. I'm fine with that, and you knew he was going to go back to Brunson, right? You know what I mean? Like you knew that was going to happen. But I, but so, I thought, I thought, I thought Van, I thought Van Gundy made a really astute point at the end of the game um, the, about Brunson. Uh, yeah, the the Grizzlies were doing the thing where they were trying to force a switch, and Brunson actually played really good defense on him when they forced the switch. He, I thought he did a better job on Ja those few possessions than RJ did the whole game, and then they went away from it, and they were like, okay, we're just going to go back to the big screening, and we don't need a switch, and then he went back to being. Good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I agree. And I just think, like, if there's probably one thing to criticize Tibbs for tonight, like, I mean, there's more than one thing, but if I'm going to get on Tibbs for something, it would probably be, like, it felt like when we were trapping Ja, we had success doing that. But for some reason, like, we didn't, we were not doing it consistently. I mean, there was that one, again, I don't remember, This, yeah, this had to be in the fourth quarter, were they? It was. I think it was to get it to one twelve, one ten, maybe whatever it was. Um, or no, that was. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was the end of fourth quarter. Uh, out of a timeout, they had been putting Hartenstein in the pick and roll, but I think they were worried that the Knicks would start fouling Adams. So instead of having Hartenstein come up, they had Aldama come up and set the screen. So Randall had to come out, and then Randall did not show out high enough. Right, he didn't even get to the level of the screen, I don't think, and that gave Ja enough space to split it basically, and, and cross him up and get to his left and get, I think, get a layup or maybe get an and one. Don't remember exactly, um, but he did score on the play, and it's just like those are the small things where I'm like, like Tibbs is right there on the sideline. You know what I mean? Like, be like, why are you not screaming to Randall? Like, and I know he wasn't doing it because I would have, I would have heard him. Like that's how like I know I know you would I would have heard him if he was doing it. Uh but like that's one where I'm just like, why were you not just screaming at Randall? Or just or just switch it. Like that's the one thing you can do with Randall that's really good. Like he's a like I don't mind if you just switch that. And then have RJ on Santi Aldama, because guess what? RJ is probably a better defensive rebounder than than Randall is. Like so yep. so just do that. Um but yeah, I mean like I that's it's kind of a nitpick. Like this is not like a high leverage playoff game where I'm gonna, you know, slaughter the head coach for that. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it's 
look, these are the margins. The Knicks lost a lot of the margins today. I think that's probably the best way to put it. And, um, you know, is it disappointing? For sure. But, like, you know, like we talked about, I think there are, there are like, positives to take away this game. Like, Julius, there's no doubt about it. He was a positive today, you know? He had 24 points, 16 shots, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. He also hit a couple of free throws late in the game. That was kind of an issue for him last year, hitting uh, free throws on the stretch. So I thought that was a positive sign. It's been a, an issue for him his whole Knicks career, I think. Like, uh, I remember me and uh, one of my good friends bet the Knicks in preseason the first year Randall was a Nick. <laughs> and he, uh, and he Some real degenerate stuff going on here. Yeah, he missed, uh, he missed two free throws with like eight seconds left when we were down one or something like that. And obviously that doesn't really matter. But I, I, ever since then, me and my friend have like been like, oh, Randall missing – a free throw late in the game, and I, I think it's been a problem for him this whole game. I agree with you. I was very, very pumped when he had both of those. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, I, I'm. Yeah, I, I was. I was happy to see that. Look, this is the thing. Like, I've killed this guy. I said the Knicks should have traded him. They didn't trade him. They have to make it work now. I've killed him for that, and I've killed Randall all season. He is here. So I would much rather be wrong. And have people tell me how wrong I am, and that I'm I'm an idiot, and that I should never talk about basketball again. I would much rather prefer that than be right and what the Knicks suffer for that. No, I don't want that. I want the Knicks to be good and to watch them be good. Uh, and look, he played well today. I liked that he was willing to pull the trigger from three on a few catch and shoots. And when he didn't, I didn't think he hesitated hesitated to make a choice. He did not get into like these pump fake, jab step, jab step, jab step sequences. He usually pump faked, drove to the rim. Pump faked, swung it to somebody else. Pump faked, ran a DHO with Evan. Whatever it is. And, um, you know, I've mentioned this before. Like, I haven't felt great about (laughs) the flowiness of how him and Brunson play together. But they had some nice sequences in the second half, I thought, together. uh, Playing off each other a little bit. Yeah. And um, that's, that's, very encouraging. Uh, and it was it was kind of funny because all preseason I've been like, oh, like RJ, it's so easy for him to play off Brunson. This just makes sense. And I thought RJ today was just like not with, he's not on the same wavelength as anybody, it didn't feel like. So um, it was, look, I, we're just talking about Randall here. I, I, was, I was excited to see that. And more than that, because if we, let's not forget, Randall had a great opening game last year against Boston. Offensively. Offensively. If you went back and watched that game already early in the season defensively, there were many signs of him not exactly giving out, giving much of a uh, much of a damn. So, um, so that's definitely worth uh, paying attention to. But like, you know, he, he was there defensively today. You know, did he have brain farts? Did he fuck up some rotations? Yeah, absolutely. But like, the effort was there. I thought the compete level was there. I liked that he tried to block Santa Dama and got posterized um, because you have to be willing to get posterized. Like, that's the point. But he went for the shot block. He, he contested that shot. And guess what? Because he did that, stupid-ass Santa Dama decided he had to let him know about it, and then they got a technical free throw out of it. So, like, <laughs> there's the nice little gift that he provided just for making that effort. But like, I'm being serious. Like I've 
been hesitant to praise him too much, but like he played a good game today and he was good on defense. He competed. I thought I, I him fouling out was a joke to me. I'll be completely honest. I thought even I, I thought the foul that the foul they called on him to to go out. I thought that was pretty soft in the context of this game. Uh, ja goes up elbow first on basically all of his drives, so I, I, that that one doesn't hold much weight to me as a reason to call that a foul. Um, but yeah, look, he he played well, and I think he deserves credit for that at least in, in this game anyway. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winning up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a step-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of of JID. And it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon's give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally just love the, uh, the, the earbud tap functions. Those are really nice. Uh, the awareness mode is also great because as soon as you turn on your little Bluetooth thing on the phone, it automatically locks in and, uh, let me tell you, I go on a run every single day. I can't hear anything uh, when I have these in. So highly recommend, have enjoyed my usage of them. Uh, go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. 15. Something you just said applies to Cam as well, in the sense of he wasn't, he was far from perfect defensively. I'm sure when mm-hmm. we go back and watch the tape, there will be things that stand out where you're like, whoa, like there, there are a few that I can think of where it's just like, man, he's just out of position. But he wasn't as out of position though. When he's allowed, and he's he, so he wasn't, and when he's allowed to like play. <laughs> Right when he when, when he's allowed to play through it, he shows you the ways he can make up for it, you know, which highlights the value in letting guys play through stuff like this, you know. Like, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, you know, after one game and like forecast the whole season, but we can't have another season where 
guys like Cam, guys like Quickly, guys like Obi, guys like Grimes aren't allowed to place through stuff all in pursuit of 38 wins, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to go for wins, you have to win. And we didn't win tonight. That's okay. We played a really good team. We played a better team on the road and almost won. But Friday's a must win These in, that, have, in a sense. Friday, right, exactly. Like, honestly, don't you think we kind of have to go – Two and one, at least three and zero oh in this home stretch. It's all three teams we're supposed to beat. Uh, I'm going to Charlotte. Gonna... De- it's Charlotte. It's Charlotte. It's Charlotte. Detroit and Orlando in some order. Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando, Detroit. Charlotte. I think. I mean, all at home. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. You're right. Yeah. We we have to win these games. I think that's fair to say. Um, but like, this is a game. It's it's kind of stupid to me. People are like, oh, they were depleted. It's like, all right, guys, they were depleted. Um. They were three and a half point favorites at home, right? So they were depleted in Vegas is still telling us that they think they're a better team. All right. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying like we shouldn't, oh, well, if Vegas says that, you can't expect to win. No, but like, this is not a game to, like, I really think, I don't know, man. I, I've just been so annoyed through preseason and now, like, just relax. Like, it's, it's just, it's too early to lose your shit right now. Give it like 10 games. Once it's 10 games, I'll be there losing my shit with everybody. But for right now, it's fine. They lost a game to Memphis on the road. You know, whatever. But, like, yeah, no, I... I, The Cam thing was... Yeah, no, I I think defensively, what I noticed today, more than anything, is, like, was he in position all the time? No. Were all his rotations lockstep, you know, exactly where he needed to be? No. No. But he was a lot fucking closer, man. And when he's close, he just has the natural, like, athletic ability, the length to contest shots and, and recover and, and close ground in ways that, like, I mean, forget Evan Fournier. RJ can't even, you know? R- RJ can't. Like, there's no other wing on this team that can do that. And that was especially noticeable because we're playing Memphis who I don't even know who half these fucking guys are, and they just pull out these like six, eight, six, nine, six, ten guys out of their ass, and you're like, wow, they're really big across the board, except for like Ja and Tyus Jones. Um, but like, it's it's noticeable for that reason. And um, look, I I was very critical of Cam preseason, but guess what? He didn't play like this in preseason. The, again, with Cam, the biggest thing is like when he keeps it simple offensively, it changes so much for him. It changes so much for him. And you you even saw it in this game. Every single time you tried to like get really fancy with the dribble and start like taking guys off the bounce, like, you know, he, he had one absurd take. I think it, it was, yeah, it was the first half where he tried this like insane Euro step from like, 18 feet out, and then he ended up having to take this one-hand off-balance push shot from, like, 12 feet out. Wasn't even close. And you're just like, what the hell is that? But then you see, like, both threes he made in the first half, there was no hesitation, They were and they were good looks. They were good catch-and-shoot looks from above the, like, above the break. You want him taking those. You need him to take those shots. Those are good shots. He pulled the trigger, he got them, Right. In the second half, all of his drives to the rim, all of those were like fairly straightforward, straight line drive rim attacks, either in transition or he had one pick and roll 
possession, but it was like very basic. He just snaked the pick and roll, and then he used his length to finish around Adams. It was not like he was trying to take on multiple guys, and no, it was very basic. And that is what you need from him. Like if if he keeps it simple, takes threes, catch and shoot threes, you know, goes to the rim, attacks closeout, stuff like that you will get a good version of this guy. That is a good player. But when he starts doing like, you know, oh, like you even saw today, he tried to take that pull-up three at the end of the game, right? And that got blocked. That got blocked by, I forgot who it was, somebody got a piece of it. But it's like when he, once he starts trying to do too much, that's when he gets himself in trouble. And that's not to say he can never be a shot creator in the in the vein that he wants to, but like, it's not, it, it can't be right now. Right now, he just needs to focus on, like, I am only going to take good shots, you know? And and to be, I'll, I'll say this, I don't think that's just him. I think that is, like, the biggest issue with this team broadly and tonight is, like, these, like, we see it with quickly offensively a lot of times. We saw it with RJ. We've seen it with RJ a bunch of times. We saw it with Randall all of last year. When these guys try to do too much or they don't have a clear plan of attack, and they start over-dribbling and you know going all over the place, that's when they get themselves in trouble. And that's when the team gets in trouble. When they play... Not, it's, it's ridiculous to expect anybody to play perfectly. But when they play with... By making simple decisions, making the right decisions. I think um, Van Gundy might have... I think he mentioned this on a broadcast, but he was like... Just got it. Like I, I think they were asking Tibbs at the, the one of the sideline reporters said that she had talked to Tibbs at halftime, and he said like they just needed to recognize they were collapsing the paint and spray the ball out because there were guys that were open. And it's like it really is that simple sometimes. And like obviously that that's not how it always works. Like sometimes you actually need your coach to like be creative and come up with stuff. But like today was a game where I kind of disagree with Tibbs. And I was like, yeah, I think he's right. Like, we're overcomplicating the shit out of this. And that's kind of been the issue. That was the issue for Randall last year, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to try and take this guy. There's a double team coming. I'm going to draw the help defender, draw the help defender, draw the help defender. Oh, now what do I do, right? Dribble into a turnover, spin move out of the bounds. So whatever it was, he just got himself in trouble. RJ today, just forcing the action when he didn't need to force the action, you know? Or, you know, not even just force the action, but then trust your teammates. You don't need to put up your own shot. It's just like, there, there's stuff with this team, all these guys, and Cam's like the poster child for this, but it's like, when you, if you simplify your decision-making, sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Um, and at least for one night, I think Cam deserves credit for, for doing that. And, and compare and Randall, too. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.